Welcome to Smart Poker Study, brought to you by ThePokerForge.com. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi, and this is the podcast for profitable play and study strategies. Along with those, I give you action steps to take because action is the greatest teacher. My goal is to turn you, my student, into the player that you want to be on your poker journey, one step at a time. Let's do this. Well, I have a really good episode for you today. One of the great things about being a poker player is that we don't just play our cards and the board, right? We are up against specific opponents in every hand that we're dealt. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you sit down to play a session, you have five brand new poker players that you've never played with before at your table. Other times, you might know them all very well. But when you do not know anybody at your table, it's your job. Uh, It's a requisite that you work to understand each and every opponent. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a little on-the-felt action step, something that I like to do that trains me and has trained me to analyze my opponents, to figure out their tendencies, and then to develop exploits against them when I sit down at the table. So strap in for a really good exercise today that's going to help you or help you stay focused on your opponent's on the felt. So please whip out that journal. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) And take some notes as you're listening to the podcast. And of course, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod three, three, five. All right, no more goofing off. Let's get to the on the felt action step. Gambate. We win and they get the chips. That sucks, dude. But I'm telling you, it's jobs. We gotta get jobs. Then we get the khakis. Then we get the chicks. Starting tomorrow, we gotta stop playing games. So we've all heard the saying, play the player, not your cards. And it is a very important aspect of poker that sometimes people often forget. The beginners don't really understand that. All they do is they look at their whole cards, look at their board, determine the strength of their hand, the strength of their draw, and then play from there, right? The best players think about their opponent every time. And Ed Miller even wrote a book called Playing the Player. So in my own efforts to understand my opponents better, in order to make better decisions against them on the felt, I've developed a system to help train myself to think about my opponents. So I use what I call focus sessions. These are spots, not spots, sessions where you're playing just one, maybe two tables at a time for practice. So you could do this as a live player, of course, one table at a time, right? Uh, online player, instead of your normal four or five table sessions, just start off with one or two tables. By playing just one or two tables, for me, I have enough brain space to observe all the action and to make just as many reads on my opponents as possible. You know, I fold my 9-3 offsuit, but now I have the rest of the time for the next, uh, you know, 30, 60 seconds or so to observe who limps in, who raises, who three bets, who C bets, who check raises, all that jazz, right? Now, if I get lucky enough to see a showdown, holy cow, my reads are going to be strengthened because I paid attention through the prior streets. I see their showdown hand. Now I can replay things and get back to, or not get back to, develop my read on that player. But we'll get a little bit more to showdowns in a little bit now. Uh, I play these one table focus sessions, always with a pen and paper at hand. It helps me keep track of my notes and my reads. You can use Poker Tracker 4 or Evernote or Microsoft Word or, or whatever else you want. But for me personally, I'm an old fart. I really like the physical uh, pen and paper in front of me. You know, like I enjoy reading books, reading physical paperback or hardcover books versus reading on my Kindle or something. 
So let's imagine you're sitting down for your first one table session where you're focusing on understanding your opponents as good as possible. Where do you actually begin? When you sit at a new table full of unknowns, who should you work to understand first? I think that you should start with the first person on your left. This is the player that has the best position against you, and they have the most opportunities just to exploit that positional advantage against you. They're in the big blind when you're in the small blind, and in the small blind when you're on the button as well. This is the player most likely to give you trouble at the table. You know how those small blinds loves to three bet? Or when you open to the cutoff, the button loves to three bet? Or to call you and play against you post-flop in position? Yeah. This could be a potential thorn in your side. Speaking about potential thorn in your side, the next person you want to understand is the one to the next to the left. Two players to your left, right? They have the second best position against you, and you want to know whether they're capable of being another thorn in your side with three bets and calls and taking advantage of you post-flop when you check to them. So when you look at these two players, you really want to consider a couple things. How often they're going to call you pre-flop, or even worse, how often they're going to three-bet after you open raise. You also want to think about how likely they're going to play back at you when they have position against you post-flop, and how likely they're just going to bet when you check and show weakness. So after you have a good grasp on the two to your left, you want to consider the two players on your right. The tables are now turned, and these two on on your right, you have the best position against them. Sure, they're going to try to steal a lot of your blinds and potentially make you fold a lot, right? But how do they respond if you were to 3-bet re-steal against them? Maybe they also check a lot of flops when they're out of position, so you can easily steal post-flop. So those exploits that the two on your left use against you, you can use those exact same plays against the two on your right. And a key idea is that money flows around the table from the right to the left, or clockwise around the table. So the two on your right, they're your most likely source of profits, not just for value, but also for those uh, bluffing pots that you can earn from them. Now, after those two on the right, you're going to continue analyzing the third player on your right, then the fourth, and so on, all the way until uh, you complete the circle around the table. Don't stop until you've hit all the players. Your goal with these focus sessions is to develop your player understanding, so you must analyze each and every single one. This is just putting in the reps, and it's developing a really strong habit for noticing their tendencies, noticing their weaknesses, devising exploits to use against them as well. So let's talk about some of the things you're looking for. Uh, the very first thing I note on any player is their general player type. So are they a tight aggressive, a loose aggressive, a loose passive fish maybe, or maybe they're a super tight knit, or an overly aggressive maniac, or like a whale kind of player who plays most of their hands and they hardly ever raise. So because I spend most of my time playing online, uh, I utilize a HUD, right? And the easiest way to figure out what type of player they are is to use VPIP and PFR. I've talked about that in loads of podcasts. If you go to the show notes page today, there's going to be a link there for VPIP and PFR to help you understand those stats a little bit more. But for all of you online players, um, you can visualize what I'm about to say, right? A 15 slash 10 player, they're a tight aggressive player. They only play 15% of hands and they raise with 10% of hands. They're tight and aggressive. A 44 slash 20, well, that's a loose aggressive player. They play almost half of hands at 44%, and they raise with 20% of hands. They're doubly aggressive as that tight aggressive player who only raises 10. 
Now, another opponent at the table might be a 9 slash 7. That's a knit. They're just super tight. They play a very tight range. And maybe another player is a 45 slash 10. That player's a fish. They play 45%, almost 50% of their hands, and they hardly ever raise. So that means they come in most of the time preflop with uh, limps and calls, a very passive fishy player. So by knowing their general play style, you can begin to, to like formulate ideas on how to exploit each of these players. Plus, you're going to know which opponents to target and which ones to probably avoid playing, and definitely avoid playing from out of position, right? Those maniac players who love to 3-bet, raise pre-flop, uh, c-bet the flop, raise your c-bets potentially, you want to avoid playing them from out of position. And those really fishy players, you want to target them uh, to play as many pots as possible because they just give up too much value. And those nitty players, well, you could steal a ton of pots from their blinds or steal a ton of their blinds, I guess I should say. And because they're nitty and they don't put a lot of chips in post-flop without a decent hand, you can steal some post-flop hands from them. All right, so that's the general. That's the first thing I look at. The next thing I look at is how a player plays pre-flop. Uh... Your opponent's pre-flop actions are really telling about what kind of player they are. So if you see a player limp three hands in a row, hey, fish, right? Maybe someone else at the table, they three-bet three times in two orbits. Yeah, most likely loose aggressive or maybe a tight aggressive player. Maybe the player to your direct left folds every hand in the first three orbits. Total nit, right? That's great for you because now you can steal his blind every time and not really worry about him 3-bet bluffing or even calling you that often. Maybe someone else at the, ta- at the table, they open and then they call every single 3-bet they face. Probably a loose aggressive player because they're opening a lot, right? But they just cannot give up when they face resistance. They just can't listen to what their opponents are telling them. And that's probably because they think everyone's bluffing them with three bets, so they might make a lot of three bets as well. But also because, hey, I put in money. I want to see the flop. I can't give up versus this three bet. And those are the kinds of players you want to target for three bet value. Big three bet value bets. And maybe another player limps and then folds to every single raise. Hey, this player loves seeing cheap flops, but they don't look ahead to gauge what the remaining players are going to do after they limp into the pot. And this is good for you in general. This is probably a good target at the table. Uh, Not really forethinking. Forethinking? Not putting too much forethought into the hands that they play, and they're not planning for post-flop when they play the flop. They're basically just looking at their hands, and or looking at their cards and playing their hand. Now, all of this pre-flop info, super useful in planning your own strategies and exploits, right? Uh, And it's also great for reacting to plays that players make against you. But we've got to talk about post-flop as well, because there are so many three streets in post-flop play with so many different ways that your opponents can play, bet sizes, exact actions that they can make. Uh, paying attention to their post-flop actions are really going to clue you into their tendencies and uh, give you some really good exploits to use against them. So I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to go street by street. This is flop, turn, river, right? What I'm going to do is talk about the different things you want to look for, but I'm going to ask you some questions right now. And it's a great idea to write these questions down because as you're observing each of your opponents, you can ask yourself these questions about each opponent, and that's going to help develop your understanding. First question, what street are they honest on? 
So maybe they always call the flop c-bet, but they fold all the time versus the double barrel on the turn. So this player, turn honest player. So that's where you want to put them to the test. For example, let's say you are in position and they check on the turn when you already know that they're a turn honest player. Awesome! Go ahead and fire a bluff. You're probably going to take it down most of the time. And if they end up calling, you know they have a strong hand and you could probably just give up on most river cards. The next question, do they only bet or raise with top pair or greater? If so, simple exploit, believe their bets and raises. Next question, do they call down every street with top pair weak kicker or even second or third pair? This means they probably hate getting bluffed, so now you know to mostly value bet against them. Another question, do they check behind with one pair hands? Well, if that's the case, they probably like to control the pot size, often tight aggressive knit players, maybe even loose aggressive players who are kind of like thinking and they don't want to commit too many chips. They're the kinds of players that like to control the pot. So what you want to do against them is make big bets especially when you're in position to make them uncomfortable and to steal a lot of those uncomfortable pots, right? And you can often make those steals like when an overcard comes, so maybe it's a queen high board and then an ace or a king hits, they're going to be often scared that their weak top pair like queen 10 is now cracked by that uh, pair of aces or potential pair of kings. Another question, are they a spewy bluffer who doesn't know when to step on the brakes? The more active and aggressive the player is, the harder it is to play out of position against them. So always play in position versus those maniacal uh, spewy bluffers. And you can easily stick around with a lot of top pair hands, especially if you think they could be bluffing, given the board, given the situation, given their bet sizing. If you think they could be bluffing with a ton of hands, yeah, call with that queen 10 on the queen high board. And now speaking of playing in position, here's a great question. How do they view position? So if you're up against a player who frequently calls from the blinds, they probably don't think about position at all. If you only ever see them call in the cutoff and the button, and they seem to bet when they get checked to post-flop, they love position and they love using their position against you. So you want to abuse the players or make targets of the players who don't think about position and Beware playing out of position against the players who understand the value of it. The last question right here. Are you paying... Oh, this is a question for you, not a question to ask of your opponents. Are you, Mr. Listener, Mrs. Listener right now, are you paying attention to showdowns? While you're playing, whether it's in the focus session or just your normal sessions, if you see a showdown hand, you must replay the action of the hand. Now that you see their rivered nut flush... You can understand what that flop check raise meant because they flopped that nut flush draw, right? You also understand why they checked the turn because it was a deuce of hearts that didn't complete their draw nor give them a pair. And you understand why they fired the river when that final third spade came in, giving them that nut flush. All right, so what types of notes are you taking uh, during these sessions? What I recommend is you're going to be taking notes on observations and directives. Observations are things like he limps with suited gappers, or she limps with connectors and suited aces, or uh, uh, he three bets with pocket kings are better, or she never calls the turn c-bet. 
Those are observations on the way your opponents play their hands. But you also want to write down any exploits that you can make against them. And I write them down as directives to myself. And when I write them down, I also put them in all caps to make them stand out. So, for example, let's say I'm observing a player and they open and then fold to three bets a ton when they're out of position. Opening the MP fold versus the button three bet fold versus the cutoff three bet, that kind of thing. Um, so I might make that as an observational note, but my directive, my direction to myself that I'm going to write down in all caps, three bet bluff as often as possible from in position. So when I see that next time I look at the, uh, the next time like Bob open raises and I look down at my notes on Bob and I see that I told myself three bet bluff as often as possible when in position. Hey, if I'm in position right now, let's go ahead and try a three bet bluff against him. Maybe someone else, maybe I know that they're a turn on a C better. My directive to myself will be get to the turn and bet in position when they check. And maybe a third player. He's a super nit, and I know that he only value bets on turns and rivers. I've never seen him make a bluff. I've never seen him bluff the turn and then fold the river. I've only seen him bet turn and river and then show down a strong hand. My directive might be fold versus double and triple barrels unless you've got the nuts. So writing observations, that's actually pretty easy, but it's going to take some practice to turn those observations into exploits and directives for yourself to do. So you're going to have to work at it. And of course, writing down directives and exploits, that does you no good unless you actually pull the trigger on them. So if it is scary for you to three bet bluff, to raise the river, to bet full pot on the turn... You got to do it scared. I don't care if it's scary committing those extra chips, right? You know that this is a play that should work. You've observed your opponent. You've created these uh, uh, exploits and you wrote them down as directives. Go ahead and do it. The only way you're going to be able to exploit your opponents, become the aggressive player that you want to be, is by pulling the trigger on these aggressive actions that you reason, you logically reason are going to work, but they're going to be scary at first. So keep on doing it. Pull the trigger each and every time you believe it will work. Uh, Tag those hands. Take note of those hands. Review them off the felt. Eventually, those scary plays, those scary aggressive plays won't be scary anymore because you've done them so many times. You've seen them work more often than not. And the reason they're working is because you're paying attention, uh, analyzing their tendencies, and then devising specific exploits to, uh, to take advantage of their tendencies. Now, my final note would be, I recommend if you've never done something like this before, analyzing all your opponents, taking notes, creating directives, I recommend doing this one table focus session for the first half hour of each session for at least this week, but do it until you train this process as a habit. Once it's a habit, you're going to naturally do it for every table that you play for the rest of your poker journey. And the great thing about this, it's it's a self-reinforcing habit. So once you begin doing it and you get better and better at it and you actually find exploits or devise exploits and you pull the trigger on them and you see positive results, that's just going to convince you, hey, this worked this time. I should be doing it more often. So like I said, self-reinforcing habit. So get on it. All right, before I get to the challenge, I have a few shout outs today. If you really want help on getting information, finding tendencies on your opponents, if you're an online player, I highly recommend my Smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4. These awesome poker peeps picked it up by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart HUD. 
So I want to thank Travis Blackburn, David D., Yannick Meyer, Paul Monroe, DG, Luis Rodriguez, Gary Price, Patrick Hosler, Gerard Bullock, Werewookies, that's a great name, Werewookies, Victor Reyes, Mark Ailmans, Vin Fizz, and Chin. You guys already had Poker Tracker 4. You just needed the best HUD in the business that gives you the most exploitative information possible. Once again, you went to uh, smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud, and I really appreciate this support. And I just mentioned Victor Ray has picked up the Smart HUD. He also got my Poker Study Boot Camp. Now, this boot camp contains 29 different study strategies via 39 videos, and I also give you some valuable bonuses. All this stuff will turn you into the poker study commando that you want to be. To get the poker study boot camp for yourself, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokerstudybootcamp, all one word, or you can find a link at the bottom of today's show notes page. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Start your next five play sessions with a 30-minute, one-table focus session where your goal is to make reads on each opponent and pull the trigger on at least five exploitative plays. Take notes on as many observations and directives as you can. This is killer practice and will help to turn you into the exploitative player that you want to be. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Alrighty, your learning is not complete until you visit the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 335. You get a transcript of today's episode and links to everything I discussed. And I want to help you make this year your best poker year ever. I am going to turn you into a profitable microstakes player with my training site, thepokerforge.com. It's a one-of-a-kind site where I have nine masterclass courses. And with every single strategy video, I give you multiple action steps, both on and off the felt. And these action steps are going to teach you all the strategies you just watched in the video. And it's going to really turn you into the player that you want to be along your poker journey. So visit thepokerforge.com for more information and to sign up today. My other podcast, Daily Poker Tips, that's available wherever you listen to podcasts. And to subscribe, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash dailypokertips. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.